Greetings, business professionals, and welcome to another video edition of Building Better Businesses. I am your host, Steve Eschbach, and I'm delighted to have you join us on another one of our episodes. I am one of a few Transworld Business Advisor owners here in Chicagoland, and we specialize in assisting business owners confidentially sell and match them with qualified buyers. Transworld, by the way, is the world's largest and fastest growing business brokerage firm. I also own a number of other entities that are designed to assist business owners enhance value. You know, I have been a corporate executive and a business owner for more than 40 years, so you would think I would know everything possible about running a business efficiently. Well, you would be further from the truth. In fact, I am delighted to say that many of my successes have been attributable to you out there who have, quote, been there, done that in a world that never seems to stop changing. So I am delighted now to present another episode whereby we can learn from a subject matter expert on how to enhance your business operations. Now on to the next edition of Building Better Businesses. Greetings of the day, listeners. This is Steve Eschbach. I am the owner of Transworld Business Advisors here in Naperville, Illinois, just out outside of Chicago. We are having another edition of Building Better Businesses, and I'm delighted to have Carson Sweezy with us. He owns a business called Sweezy's and Savories. He's going to talk a little bit about that and uh, how he got to where he is today. And uh, first and foremost, Carson, thank you so much for joining us. And tell us a little bit about the business that you currently operate, or you you characterize it as a business venture, right? I do, yeah. And thanks for having me on, Steve. Appreciate you having me on here. Yeah, so uh, we're building a business venture that's tied to a, a larger brand. And the, and the brand is this idea that food is a vehicle for all kinds of nourishment. So we can obviously nourish the physical body with the nutrients, but we can nourish our spirit and social interactions and a lot of things that humans have done for millennia with food, right? So that's kind of the brand. And then Sweets and Savories is our our venture that we sell products uh, that are yummy and tasty and all that, but they're, again, the vehicle for that connection. Well, I know food goes a long way with a lot of things, particularly this coming weekend with the Super Bowl. That seems to be the basic foundation for events like that. But let's uh, rewind your videotape, Carson. Let's go back to your childhood. So you are where you are today, but uh, let's talk about how your background might have gotten you to where you are today. Yeah, it's a funny question because I've been cooking my whole life. I started cooking when I was four, just, you know, kind of on my own, making grilled cheeses and quesadillas and whatnot. And in the 90s, when I grew up, the Food Network was pretty legit in terms of what you could learn on there. So learned everything I could from the Food Network. And uh, yeah, that's kind of the food side. And then on the, you know, the entrepreneurial side, I've kind of always been rebellious and just <laughs> wanting to chart out my own path and wanting to try fun things. And my first ever venture was, <laughs> or not venture, but project, I'd say was, I was maybe seven or eight and melted chocolate chips into molds and then tried to sell them to neighbors so did that work did you get a customer base no and you know i think the only reason was it just kind of gave up so i I think something that a lot of entrepreneurs would learn you know is something doesn't work you have to iterate and and just keep trying so you know i don't think it didn't work because of any other reason than that there you go so how about your parents did your parents have an influence on your upbringing and uh, where you are today Certainly. Yeah. I, I always credit my mom with, you know, when I was a kid, I it seemed maybe at times strict, but looking back now, I realize how much she allowed me to develop creatively and allowed that to really flourish. So I mean, yeah, huge influence. And she's been entirely supportive of anything I've done from 
when I got into real estate in my younger adulthood to now launching the the food brand. So interesting. So how about your academics? So if you went through grammar school and uh, high school and college, was it a path of entrepreneurial all the way? Was it a business background? Uh, how did that all fold into place? Oh, man. School was always a challenge for me. I, I never really felt like I wanted to be there. I did decent. I did, you know, I, I think I had a 3.5 in high school and just, you know, not really caring or being too invested and kind of took, I went into college just because that's what everyone from my area did. You know, your two options were after high school where you go to a two-year college and transfer to a four-year college or you go to a four-year college. So... <laughs> So what was your studies? Was it in math? Was it in accounting, finance? Was it business? What was it? I did study business for, I think, two semesters before dropping out. And eventually, long story short, I, I finished my college degree nine years after high school, and it ended up being more related to media, and uh, it was self-designed. So entrepreneurial in that sense, kind of created my own curriculum and decided what I wanted to take and what I was interested in. So I heard real estate, and then I heard now you have a business that ties in food with business. So how did you go from, let's say, college to real estate and then from real estate to your small business ownership that you have now? So the short of it is when I dropped out of college, I moved to a farm and I wanted to learn where food came from. And then when I moved back from that farm, and I learned a ton at the farm. I probably learned more there than I had in the previous 17 years of schooling. When I moved back from the farm, I really wanted to motivate myself to get out of my own my mom suggested saving up to buy a house. And so I got really interested in this idea of real estate investing and got my real estate license and sold homes. And meanwhile, basically by a loophole within a mortgage loan, decided to go back to school because it allowed me to get a mortgage. And so kind of just fell back into schooling and finished my degree. And then at some point, dealing with a pretty serious health battle, I realized I didn't want to be in real estate anymore. I wanted to focus on food, which was always my dream. And I always saw real estate as the way to get there. But yeah, it was calling my name and didn't want to wait anymore. Let's do food now. Now, the next question I have for you is what is the biggest adversity you've had to overcome? Does that have something to do with the health uh, battle that you had up to now? I would say, yeah, that was definitely the, the most challenging, dropping a ton of weight and eventually having 18 inches of my colon removed. And as a cook, you know, food being tied to our GI system and having to figure that all out. Yeah, that was the biggest adversity I faced so far. And then um, then moving on, it sounds like you get involved in the community quite a bit. How is the connection in the community making your business better? Well, that's a great question. Yeah, I mean, everything I want to do with this business is community-oriented. So it doesn't exist without a community that's interested in it. And, and so, yeah, I think it's a symbiotic relationship. Everything that we do is for the community and everything they give us back helps us you know, just even my own motivation, just doing something for someone else and something that's more than just for me. So what type of community involvement are you engaged in? Is it chamber events? Is it church events? Is it something else? What type of community are you involved in? Or is it multiple? Maybe it's multiple. It's honestly our own curated stuff. And we do a lot of, um, I mean, right now, a lot of virtual stuff. So we've done some virtual events through COVID. But as soon as that's over, <laughs> we'll, we'll host our own events and focused on bringing people together and allowing them to share in an authentic spaces. So, um, and again, we're going to get back to how food and business seem to relate. It seems like you tie the two very much together and, and you involve business owners, I would imagine. So what's the big tie there? And, and how does that connection work, do you think, with other community leaders and uh, other business owners? Yeah, that's a good question too. I think the people that 
that engage with us that have their own businesses, they're really focused on relationship building in whatever business they're in. They're all about building relationships and maintaining those relationships and believing in the power of community and, and relationship building. And so what they see with our products are a way to strengthen or create new relationships. So either strengthening old relationships or establishing new ones with a simple gift of food, right? Because I think food is the ultimate connection piece that humans have always, we've always broken bread, right? Business has always started with food in some way and it allows us to be, have our guard down. You know, we're not eating if we're scared or being chased by another tribe, right? But when we break that bread and we can be at peace with each other, I think that's what it boils down to. So how does it work in a COVID-19 environment here, whether we're at a pause or a trough, if you will, where now it's totally virtual, it might come back to getting open. I, I anticipate that that'll happen over time. Some argue that it might be a combination of, uh, we call it hybrid, where I mean, part virtual, part in person. How does the food component of your business work in a what appears to be right now a purely virtual environment? Well, in two ways, I think the first is, you know, our product can be shipped anywhere across the US and Canada. So it's a great way to connect in a way that, you know, we might otherwise go to dinner with someone. Now we can ship them cookies and have them delivered to their doorstep. And then in the other way, a bit less tangible, but we create a lot of entertaining content with cooking videos and stuff. So I think that even if you're not eating the food and, and consuming it in that way, you can consume this idea of being around food and it has this familiar feel. So. So I took a look at your website. It, it does look like you do some catering and other food-related events, just like your traditional food establishment. So what are the services that your sweets and savory go, uh, offer? Yeah, so the, the sweet side is really those cookies and cookie boxes that we deliver across the country. And the savories is more of the caterings. And, and those, it's not a huge focus that we do, but I love you know establishing those relationships locally. And uh, we do bi-weekly caterings for a couple of companies around here that use it as an office perk, essentially, you know, launch every Wednesday on the company's dime and they bring in a, a local, they call me a chef, you know, I don't, I don't class myself as a, as a chef, but a lot of people do. So yeah, I think that adds a lot of value for the people that engage with that. Tell us a little bit about your team. Is your team internal? Is your team a collaborative effort of others outside the organization? How does that all work? It's a little bit of both. I mean, internally, I have my sister who helps me with the packaging. She's a gem and anyone who's seen some of my recent LinkedIn posts, knows a little bit more about her, but she helps with the packaging. We have a couple others that help with writing content and um, just some of the logistical stuff on, internally. And then externally, I work with a fantastic brand team, Rich Keller, who's just been absolutely essential for not just the business and my own brand, but just you know personal understanding of my own values that I can bring into the world and stuff like that. And he's been absolutely absolutely the best. And then, you know, I have a web guy and some other close friends that are very supportive and in, in uh, buying cookies and also just giving business advice from uh, their successful businesses, you know. So how do you market yourself? How do you make yourself known out in the community? Are You're, you're in the DC area, is that correct? And is that primarily where you are? Or you, do you have outreach beyond that? Yeah, you know, I don't really focus on location in, in any of our outreach. You know, we do quite a bit in Virginia, but we do a ton in California and Florida and Texas and kind of all over the country. So it's all social media, TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. Those are really our four major platforms. We have a newsletter as well. 
And that's kind of where you can get some of the, we call it the scoop. You can get not only deals and stuff, but just some fun stuff related to food and bringing nourishment to people's inboxes. Sounds good. What would you characterize as your ideal client? Who is the best target for you? Who are the customers that seem to be attracted to your business? That's a great question. I was just talking with my team about this earlier. It's really the person who understands the value of relationships and has had a history of doing that in their life and at the same time appreciates small batch sweet treat that you can't just pick up it at uh, Whole Foods. You know, it's so it's kind of the relationship building, but also wanting to provide something of special value to the people that they care about. So is it primarily small businesses, medium to large size businesses? What do you think is your best client? Small businesses, definitely. Yeah, small businesses in their relationship building space. That sounds good. So we're about out of time here. Uh, so what else, Carson, have we not covered that you want to make mention here in this podcast? I think you've covered a lot in 15 minutes, Steve. Really impressive how your questions were able to flow. I think you know, the only other thing is just if driving home this idea of, of food as a connection piece. And I think it's um, kind of a nice thought that we can all relate to in a way, because we all eat, you know, several times a day. So I think it's a natural human thing. And if anyone wants to learn more about that, please reach out. I love just chatting about it and uh, diving into what food can do for us. And that uh, that leads us to our final question of the day. So how can we get in touch with you, Carson? Where do we want to go to get get in touch with you? LinkedIn, if you're on LinkedIn, Carson Sweezy. Otherwise, Instagram is, is great. Those two platforms are are fantastic to reach out. I'm on there most of the day, unless I'm baking. So Okay. Well, I know everyone in this world really loves food. I know everyone <laughs> in this world really loves success. Tying the two together absolutely makes dynamic sense. So uh, I appreciate you sharing your insights and your wisdom. And uh, thanks so much for being on board. Appreciate you, Steve. Yeah, thanks for having me on. You bet. The Building Better Business podcast is the best place to learn how to take your business to the next level. It's no longer enough to earn good profits. You need to develop a network of connections as well as use all types of marketing to your advantage that will put you over the edge. Hosted by me, Steve Eschbach, a financial executive with decades of experience in dealing with businesses and business people, we'll learn how this all comes together. Join me and my expert guests as we delve into the many facets of owning the business and how to become a good, caring business owner. Listen how making a difference in your community can attract all sorts of clientele, which in turn will build you a better business.